AA Beyond Belief is a podcast by, for, and about people who have found a secular path to sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> I hate it when I press the wrong button. <laughs> There's a big red button that says record, and I somehow missed it and pressed the other button. <laughs> anyway, we're recording. And we're live streaming on YouTube. Hey, everybody. So... In this episode, we're going to be talking about the practice of sponsorship and seeking outside professional help. And we're going to also examine whether or not there is a difference between secular AA groups as opposed to AA at large when it comes to sponsorship. It'd be interesting to hear from you. You know, have you sponsored anybody? Do you sponsor anybody? Have you been sponsored? What approach do you take? It'd be fun to talk about that. And also the whole idea of seeking outside professional help. Um, I've certainly done it, and uh, early in my time in AA, I've been—I was discouraged from doing just that, which is crazy. So that's something that we can talk about. Um, you know, what has been your experience with that? So, um, you know, preparing for this, Angela. Hi, by the way, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Rough week, but uh, glad to be here and glad to be chatting with you and. And being a part of this, yeah. So far, you've had plague and uh, and um, earthquakes. Yeah, so. and uh, yeah, the uh, earthquake. Uh, yeah, it was it was rough in the structure that I'm I'm staying in. It was a little a little more jiggly, I think, than in some places. But still, you know, the last earthquake in Idaho that I've had been a part of, or um, was in the 1980s, and I don't remember that. So it was just really kind of a, a WTF. <laughs> to 2020 like really like you know a plague and now an earthquake you know and and what would have happened if if it did you know tumble more structures uh you know we can't go to to places you know stadiums and stuff to to gather for safety (laughs) you know and so yeah so I, i i got a little annoyed with it but you know worked through it made it through the week and uh still sober so well good i can't really imagine what an earthquake is like i we had one here actually, but it was it was because in Oklahoma they were fracking and um, that causes earthquakes, believe it or not. And we felt it all the way up here. It was really weird. It was like things were shaking, but it wasn't anything like what you had. I mean, it was just kind of minor, but it was kind of it was kind of strange. The earth shakes. Well, there's ten people watching the live stream. Thank you, everybody, for for watching. I hope that uh, I hope that this is a nice time for us all to get together and talk about sponsorship. Um, you know, Angela, my my experience with sponsorship mostly comes from my um, original um, early days in AA, I guess. You know, I I don't really remember when I first got a sponsor. I think um, I remember it was must have been around the six month time. My my first well, my first sponsor I got shortly after I got into the program. I mean, within weeks. But we really didn't do anything together. He just said, you know, John, all you need to do is don't drink and go to meetings. And that's what I did. And I would see him and I would not drink and I'd go to meetings. And that was great. But then after going to meetings for a while, I thought, well, maybe I should really try these steps. And I was trying to figure it out on my own through the big book was what I was using. And it didn't make, I just couldn't do it. So I finally broke down and got a sponsor then. So I guess that was around the six month period. And I went through the steps very slowly. And the way that we did it was the sponsor actually takes you through the steps through the big book. So that was my the way that I did it. And that's the way that I sponsored people during my time 
you really mostly during the first 10 years of my sobriety, I guess, is when I was really actively involved in that type of sponsorship. During the second half or so of my time in traditional AA, um, I was more, I was sponsoring people more and it's kind of in a similar, similar vein. But since I've been involved in secular AA groups, I, um, I've only sponsored one person and it's, it wasn't really different than what I had done before other than I don't really have any structure to offer anybody. And what we would do is, you know, there's various books that I would recommend, um, for this person. And eventually what, what we did is, you know, we just were friends. And the only thing that we really did together was, um, when he shared his fifth step, uh, which was really nice. He just came over to my house and we had a nice conversation and he talked about, really some key moments in his life that he felt impacted his drinking. And so that, so that was really helpful. And, and to be honest with you, that's been the extent of my experience. I've, I, I, we can go into more detail, I guess, as we get involved in the conversation, especially when it comes to mental health about some negative experiences I had with it. But overall, my experience really wasn't that bad. What about you? How has your experience been with sponsorship? Um, it's, uh, it's been pretty significant for my sobriety. Um, when I got in, um, I was just thinking of this today because I saw in one of my, my online groups, somebody posted about, you know, if you're six months or what was your first six months like? And so reading of some of the other people. And so that reminded me of, you know, what was my first six months of sobriety like? And, um, and I went to meetings. Um, I went to a lot of meetings. Um, I, I always shared that I was atheist and didn't know, you know, how I was going to do this, um, particularly in the first month. Um, and, um, you know, most of the time people were gracious. I got a lot of keep coming back because, you know, I think in, until you get to the third step, they, they kind of give you some grace, at least, you know, in my area. <laughs> but by the third tip, step, you know, you should have something. Anyway, um, and uh yeah, um, so I, that's kind of how, how I went. Um, I looked for a sponsor. Um, I kind of had a temporary one from the first meeting I went to. Um, she just gave me her number, um, two women did, and, and said, you know, uh, call me tomorrow. And, and uh, you know, with some slightly codependent tendencies, I'm like, well, if she needs me to call her, then I guess I will. Um, and, uh, and I went with that for about a month. And then um, some people pointed me in the direction of, of a person who they knew was Buddhist. And, um, and so I met up with her and um, started working some steps with her. And we kind of did a, a hybrid. Um, she's, she was also in um, the Al-Anon Fellowship. So it was kind of a hybrid AA, Al-Anon, um, atheist with a Buddhist, you know, kind of <laughs> tilt to it, I guess. And I had already had the book, The Secular um, or the alternative 12 steps, a secular guide. I had picked it up um, many years uh, ago um, and, uh, and tried to use it at an Overeaters Anonymous meeting I attended, and they, they weren't too into that, so I stopped going there. Yeah, and they're like, um, no, not so much. <laughs> um, but this sponsor was able to, to work with me with this book. And, um, and so, yeah, um, that's how I did it. And it did take a long time for me um, to to go through the steps it it wasn't um you know a back to basics kind of thing it was a uh, it was probably about 
a year almost. Um, and, uh, and that's how, how, you know, I did it the first time. Um, and I kept that sponsor for about three years and then I, um, changed sponsors and, um, and the person I've been with now, um, has been for, yeah, for 10 years, I guess. <laughs> and I reworked the steps with her and, um, and I still, you know, did them in a, um, in a secular way. Um, and then I, you know, was sponsoring other people and have since I finished the steps the first time. Um, and yeah, that's worked out pretty well. I, I do them mainly with that book and then, you know, add some other things in that as I learn along the way and, and kind of change it, change stuff up, um, based on, you know, the time we're in and what's working. Um, but that's been my experience. Um, I, I use the steps for when I, um, need to, you know, kind of change my perspective. So like, I think at last week I mentioned, you know, looking at the 10th step again as a way to, to restructure myself and get myself kind of in, um, in a better place of thinking. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, that's what I did. But again, the way that I do them is, is very different for the most part. I mean, it takes the principles of what all the steps are about, um, but, you know, there's no getting down on your knees, <laughs> you know, none of that kind of stuff. And, uh, and I try to stay away from the negative language. Um, and uh, particularly in the, in the last, you know, five years, I've tried to pay more attention um, to that uh, because, you know, I still hear that in traditional meetings, you know, like that we're selfish and self-centered and we need to do this and get rid of our character defects. And, and I don't... Um, I don't think that I need to get rid of my character defects. Um, you know, I think that those are coping skills and I think that they still come in handy sometimes. So, you know, like for this Zoom stuff, um, when I set up my group, home group Zoom meeting, um, I have control over it and I was going through all of the features and stuff and anything that said allow participants to, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I'm really strict. But, you know, if it weren't for my control issues, <laughs> you know, we might might have been zoom bombed or something in in um our second week of doing zoom and and stuff but you know i pulled my my control uh you know character defect or or um attribute and uh you know and that had been in use and so we were okay um and so then you know i put it back on the shelf and and try to to use things in my day-to-day -day interactions with people that are a bit more healthy and um and such. So, so yeah, that's kind of my experience. And and then taking through people through the steps, I've I've taken quite a few people. I I do um, sponsor quite a few people. Um, I don't take new people as sponsors anymore, just because of um, of you know limitations, you know time limitations, and uh, you know um, I do a lot of different service work. And so um, so yeah, I'm taking a couple of people through the steps right now, and they're people who've been sober for you know at least two years. Um, one person for a lot has more time than me. Um, just wanted to do them in a secular way because they you know um, didn't know how you know um, was used to the traditional way. And even though they were secular in their you know belief system, they didn't quite understand how to make that bridge between 
the big book and um, in a secular way of doing the steps. And so, um, so that's what I do with them now is, uh, is do that. Um, you know, Angela, there's a couple of interesting questions that kind of go along with yeah. what you were talking about. Um, first of all, one person, Thaisa, she would, she wants a, a list of some of the books that, that we use and I, and I will put those down in there, but the book, the main book that, that you use is, um, the alternative 12 steps, a secular guide. And I can't remember the authors, but, um, they're two, they're two um, women. Yeah. It's, uh, Martha Cleveland mm-hmm. and, um, and Arliss G. That's right. And Arliss can, G, Martha Cleveland, yeah, the alternative it went 12 out step. of Yeah. It went out of publication, um, a while ago, and then um, Roger C. Um, was able to buy the rights to it, and so you can get it through the AA Agnostica website. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that um, book was really ahead of its time because it was written in the 1990s, I guess, and it actually was maybe the first book that I know of, anyway, that actually um, reworded the steps, um, an alternative version of the steps. And that's what Chloe MacArthur, or Chloe M, I should say, is asking. She says she 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 would love to be taken through the steps, but she doesn't have any atheist groups where she lives, and she doesn't she didn't know about any alternative versions of the steps. She's actually from Vancouver, Vancouver Island, British Columbia, but she was wanting to know basically, do we have particular steps that that we work? And how we how do we do them? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think so. I don't think we've taken a you know this is what secular <laughs> AAs do. Um, there's a lot of different versions of the steps. So again, you know, Roger C's um, AA Agnostica website is excellent for that. Um, you know, there's there's tons of versions of them, and they're they're all great and can speak to people in different ways. Um, for me, the alternative twelve steps was the only book that um, that had them written in a different way. Um, and it, you know, the first couple of chapters in it even are a little more spiritual than you know than I tend to be. You know, they use more spiritual language. Um, but um, but the rest of the book, I really feel like, is right on with um, with the kind of secular view that I have. It's a um, good book I did, and popular in our group too. I think. Um, most of the people I know that that work with sponsors have used that book. Yeah, yeah, um, it, because it it does give great suggestions um, and some actual stuff to do. You know how to you know ask yourself questions and write some things down. So I think that that's an important and um, particularly in early sobriety to to start as a practice of being able to do that to help you know clear your mind and get get um, get clear on what you're actually upset or afraid or worried about, you know, because I know for me early on, I didn't quite know what I was feeling (laughs) most of the time. You know, it was one of those things, but I didn't know. Um, You know, I even was like in the emergency room, I think my second week, um, because I thought I was having a heart attack. I didn't know that that was, you know, part of, uh, you know, getting sober and, and stuff that this horrible feeling that my heart was going to explode. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that's kind of, you know, one of the reasons why I like it so much, um, particularly the, the later chapters is that, um, that, yeah, there's some stuff that you can do. Um, as far as, um, you know, groups um, that do them, I, I 
think that, you know, individual groups, some are into doing the steps, some aren't, some mention them, some don't, you know, it's kind of like with the holding hands, chanting or, you know, doing, uh, you know, some sort of a, a secular chant type thing. Some groups do that, some some don't. And so it really just kind of varies. Um, and I, and as far as I'm aware, not many groups have taken a stance on whether people should or shouldn't sponsor um, or anything like that. That's one of the things I like is that it, it just seems a lot more open as to, you know, the path that is best for, for you to take. And you can kind of move around a little bit and have some space to figure that out. You might start out with a sponsor and then decide that, that you know, well, I know that with some people that I've sponsored, things have come up in um, sponsorship as we started working the fourth step that really needed to be handled by professionals, you know, that, that needed somebody with a special expertise to walk them through because they were things that were really, really difficult. And, and, um, and so I always recommend people, you know, uh, if they're able to, to get, um, get a counselor or see a specialist, um, you know, for addiction or anything else that, that comes up because, you know, that's what they're there for. They're, they're trained. We're not trained. We, we share our experience, you know, how we did it and, you know, how we know of others who have gotten through different difficulties and stuff, um, by staying sober, but, but we're not professionals. (laughs) And so I think sometimes, you know, the, that can get either uh, confusing or, you know, some people forget, you know, what their place is in the, all of this. Um, you know, generally, I don't think that it's out of malice. It could be with some people. I think sometimes it ha- happens because someone's trying to be helpful and and then, you know, forget that maybe this is something that, that the person needs to um, contact um, a professional. And then um, also sometimes sponsorship is like the gateway into <laughs> getting um proper mental health um, help. It's like, you know, if you start working with a sponsor and are able to develop some trust, then that might make it easier for you to go to a professional because some people are, are more fearful of um, going to a professional for help than they are somebody that's more of a, a peer with the same um, addiction or problem. Well, this is fun. Actually, somebody from Kansas City that goes to my home group is um, actually listening to the podcast. I can't believe it. <laughs> hey, Bree. You know, I actually, I like the way that um, I am observing how sponsorship works at my group because it's like, it seems to be, it just seems to be something that happens organically. It's not like anybody's pushing it on anybody, like this is what you must do. And we we do have a step meeting once a week. It's pretty lightly attended, but most of the time we're not like talking about the steps at our meetings. It's usually some sort of a topic meeting, but if you've been around long, long enough around um, AA, you you can see the steps in almost anything. And all of the conversations that I see, I, I can, I see them as recovery related, but what happens behind the scenes, people are working with um, friends that they've met who've been through the steps and they do that very quietly on their own. You know, they, it's, it's not, it's not made to be a big deal. And you don't hear people talk about, like I used to always hear, um, sitting in meetings and people would talk about some drill sergeant sponsor who would make them do this or that. I don't hear that kind of thing at my group. So it, I feel like it's pretty healthy. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, um, some people in our um, group, uh, do sponsorship and have sponsors and do steps and some of them don't. Um, what I'm seeing more these days as well is um, 
is people being more like, you know, the peer to peer um, sponsoring where it's not like a hierarchical, you know, I am, I am over you and you do what I say. Um, but more of, um, of, uh, you know, like for me, somebody would come to me because they know that I do the steps in a secular way. So they'd specifically seek me out for either advice or literature or some sort of thing regarding that. Whereas, you know, if somebody else um, has been around a long time and, and maybe, you know, they went through cancer and stayed sober. And so, you know, this person either has that issue or a loved one or something like that, they might seek that person out to, you know, kind of be a uh, sponsor friends you know just to be close to during that time to help them walk through the experience that they are so i i feel like i'm seeing more of that rather than um a lot of the, the same here you know, same here sponsor. and i've even seen people <laughs> use the word mentor more often than yeah than sponsor. yeah because that's really exactly. more what it's like that word sponsor is kind of weird and for people that don't know where it came from um at one time uh it actually started in cleveland uh, AA was growing by leaps and bounds because in, in the in the city of Cleveland because of a famous baseball player who got sober, and uh, because the the interest in AA was so great, uh, the AA members were real careful about who they would bring to meetings. They had to make sure that they were really serious about getting sober. So um, you would ha- you had to be sponsored um, in order to come into a group. You had to have someone vouch for you, a sponsor you. So that's how the that's how the word sponsor came came about, and in Cleveland um, they were working with the big book and stuff there. I think that was probably the first city where they did that because they didn't have Bill and Bob, and they had all these all these AA members together in one place. So that's kind of how sponsorship came about and the word sponsor. But um, it kind of gives you the idea that I don't know the word itself kind of bothers me, but. I have observed, I haven't observed any really dangerous stuff. Now, I know there's some really freaky sponsorship habits that happen in some of these clancy cult-like groups, but for the most part, I haven't seen anything like really bad, but I've seen, I've seen um, what I think like some heavy handed sponsorship type practices that I, I don't think are appropriate or people that feel like their sponsor knows best, like there's some authority figure. I don't, that kind of bothers me a little bit. Getting to the subject of the mental health thing, the only bad experience I personally had with sponsorship was um, early on, uh, there's a history of mental illness in my family, Um, depression, suicide, schizoaffective disorder, pretty serious stuff. I'm very fortunate that, what I deal with is, is very um, moderate, I guess, or minimal, you know, it's not, it's not, it's very treatable and manageable, but if I'm not being treated by a therapist, a psychiatrist and medications, um, it can really be problematic. And I had a very, very difficult time during my first two years of sobriety dealing with depression. And I know a lot of that is kind of normal for anybody who stops drinking. You kind of go through that. But I think mine was a little bit more serious um, based upon my family history. And it would have been good for me to see a professional just to get checked out. But, you know, I was discouraged from even doing that, you know. And I, I, I don't understand to this day why somebody would do that. But I, I stupidly followed this person's advice and didn't seek help. And 
I did that for a long time. And my sobriety was a lot more difficult than it needed to be. I'm really fortunate that I lived through it. But I finally did break down. And I, I went to um, the very first time I went to a therapist. Um, I don't know, I was sober, maybe five years, I don't know. And um, I went to this place that charged on a sliding scale, because I didn't have a lot of money. And I was, uh, I met with this guy who had like his master's level um, social worker. And it was very, very helpful. It was my the first time I ever talked to somebody who wasn't an alcoholic, and not specifically about alcoholism, but about underlying issues, you know, that that I was dealing with. And it was very helpful. From there, I went to group therapy. From there, I went to a psychiatrist. And that's what I do now is I see a psychiatrist. And I also do take antidepressant medication. And I've been doing that for a long time. It's made a tremendous difference for me. And I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying that it's right for everybody or not, but it's right for me. Oh, we got a caller. Can I take this call? Yeah, let's go. I've been talking so much. Oh, hello. Hello, this is Bobby C., a friend in recovery. I should have guessed it was Bobby C. <laughs> How are you, Bobby? Hi, Bobby. It's good to hear I'm from fine. You. Hello, Angela. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm here and I'm sober. All right. John, yes, you sir. doing good? I'm doing pretty good, Bobby. Yeah. You know, right. uh, I was telling Angela before we started today that um, it's allergy season, of course. And every time I get like a, a little cough, I get, oh, my God, what, what's going on? Here? But no, I'm fine. Uh, I can I'm relate fine. to I can I can relate to that. That me and my wife, me and my wife always kid each other when I sneeze. She says, "Oh no, you got it." No, I know this is this is some serious times, but but we're going to get through this. Getting back to sponsorship, you know what? I was listening and I I I, I, I loved everything everybody was saying, Angela and John, what you were talking about, and my sponsorship when I came in and sponsorship today is completely different, completely different. I mean, well, but you know, I evolved, I evolved. I just, I, I'm just a different type of a person and I think different. And I, I really like the things that, that I'm hearing about. Like, I don't like, I don't like language or words or labels that don't empower me anymore, you know? Um, so I kind of try to stay away from certain language too. Like, you know, even even the language like alcoholic and addict, I'm, I I don't even like them words today. It's 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 crazy. But you know, getting back to the sponsorship, the, the word sponsor, it, it reminds me of like a Masonic lodge level layer. You know, it's it's almost like the the, the more that I get into different types of recovery, the more I see the how somebody would actually look at it as cultish. You know, in a sense. It, it, because of like, first of all, for me to think that I could go to a sponsor and go through these steps and, and it's, it, it's over. And, and sometimes I feel like we've given younger people false hope that they go through the steps. And I know it says step 10, continue to take personal inventory, but sometimes that, that's very hard for me. That took years and years and years and years. And so I like, I kind of like that, that self-inquiry or self-inquiring about myself is very continuous. It's continuous. And what I'm learning today is that this practice is a 
hundred year old practice. I mean, it's the, the practice of self inquiring and self knowledge and self awareness is ancient. So it's, it's really nothing new. It's nothing new, but the way I was sponsored, be, you know, t- today I, I look at it and I speak about it today in a different light that I would have spoke about it maybe 10 years ago or maybe even 36 years ago when I first came in, you know, it's complete, completely different. But I was, a, I was fortunate. And I think I mentioned this to you before. I was fortunate enough to have a sponsor in the beginning that was my friend in the beginning. He became, he became my friend. He became my buddy. I hung out with him. I went places with him and, and I was so lucky. He was not a big book thumper. You know, I was fortunate in that way, but I happened to uh, be in the program and I had to do the stuff that they were telling me because I thought I was going to die if I didn't, you know, because in a book it said I surely would die. So eventually I had to, I had to seek out sponsors that were more traditional sponsors that led me through the steps. I had to start talking about God and believing in the things that they told me I had to believe in, you know, but through years and years and years and years, I evolved from that. You know, today I, I like the idea that every one of us is our own guide in recovery, you know, uh, and, and in, in the beginning, I believe I liked, I liked the word mentorship. But yeah. I, I really like the word friend. Yeah, friend. You know? It's almost I, I, can be a natural yeah. thing, you yeah. know. Sponsor it, the, it can be a natural thing that happens sometimes. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of good friends um, since I've been, you know, in AA, and I, I don't know if we've ever had a formal sponsorship relationship, but my friendship with them was were, they were close friendships and very beneficial and helpful to me. And some people see that as kind of like what what it's all about anyway. You know, there's a person in here writing about, you know, why do the steps at all, you know? And that's a good point. You know, not everybody has to do the damn steps. You know, it's not that, it's not like a requirement <laughs> to do them. It's it's totally, it's totally up to each individual person if they want to do that or not. Um, that's how, that's how I'm experiencing it at my group. What about you, Angela? Does at your group, is it, does it feel right. like people, people in the, like- in the rooms of, you know, secular AA, I think it's, it's much more, you know, open to do them, don't do them. You know, it's, like I said, it's, it's much more um, common to have people talk about, you know, what they learned from their therapist and what's helpful to them and books they're reading and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that it's, uh, it's not as big of a deal um, within the secular rooms, but I do, you know, recall, and I've, I've still attended some um, more traditional AA meetings where, you know, that's what they think it is that, you know, if you don't, you know, get a sponsor and do the steps and be of service, you're going to drink and die. And and I think, you know, that's part of the reason there's a lot of fear right now about not having face-to-face meetings is, you know, if that's, you know, what you're used to. And if that's part of the mindset you have that, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to drink and die, then that'd be really scary. <laughs> that'd make all the stuff going on right now extra scary. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, my our, observation meetings, though with, with when I was going and just, just regular AA is that, and, and to, to a certain extent, I don't think it's that much different from, from a secular group other than in secular groups, we're more open about whether or not we work the steps and have a sponsor. But I bet you, even at, you go to any AA meeting, the, the, the overwhelming talk might be, 
have a sponsor, work the steps, all this stuff. But the pe- there are a lot of people that don't do that, and they're just very kind of quiet about it, you know, because <laughs> they don't want to. They don't want to go against that. Whereas the difference, I think, with our groups is that it's more accepted. I think to say no, I don't really have anything to do with the steps, you know. That's the beauty. That's the yeah. yeah you're uh, right. You Bobby. know what? That's the beauty. That's that's the beauty of what's going on right now. Uh, not to interrupt you, Angela, but the beauty of what's happening with this secular community is that freedom. It, it's the freedom to choose. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you guys go. Okay, I don't we got another co- file on things. We got another caller, Bobby. I can't believe it, but Hey, thank you for calling. Let's see who this is. Hello. Hey, John. It's Jackie. Oh, hey, Jackie. How you doing? Jackie. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, Angela. How you doing? Hello. Good. Thanks. Um, How are you? Good. Good. Um, I love listening to you guys. And yeah, I can just so relate to all of this. And it was funny when Angela was saying about how people get so afraid that if they don't work the steps or they don't do everything right, they're going to die. But oh my gosh, I think those of us who've been around um, or, or drink, drink or die or whatever. But I think those of us who've been around long enough see people who go to meetings all the time and do the steps and they get drunk or high or die, you know? I mean, and I think it does go back to, um, you know, John, I can always relate to what you talk about, you know, like having issues other than alcohol. And if you don't treat that man, you don't, I just don't think you got a shot, you know? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I too, I came in and was just a mess. Once I took the drugs and alcohol out of me, I just, I really needed help. And yeah, people said you shouldn't see a, a therapist for a whole year. You know, God, they you told you that. that they, did, they told you that, I, Jackie. You got, you were told that too. Yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah. 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 I didn't listen. Thank God. I really don't think I would have made it yeah. if I had waited. Yeah. Um, you know, that still happens. My, my doctor told me that um, she still has patients to this day who will come in and say, and, and tell her that people in AA told her, told them not to seek help. I just can't believe that still happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can't either. I can't either. Um, yeah. And then I wanted to comment on the alternative 12 step book. I really, I like it. I mean, I, I, it is definitely spiritual. Uh, at the beginning. Um, and what I have done more recently is take people with a bunch of years of recovery who went through maybe the, the regular steps and um, they're not all completely atheists. They just don't really believe in a God like most people would think of a God. And um, I find it to be almost like recovery 2.0. It's almost like emotional recovery, this book. Um, you know, it just, I don't know. I just feel like it goes beyond the not drinking. It, 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 um, it just seems broader. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, yeah, it definitely does yeah, to me. Yeah. That's you know one of the things that I I liked about it because you know I don't uh, I don't claim to only be dysfunctional with alcohol. You know, <laughs> I have lots of different different things that I'm dysfunctional in. I don't yeah uh, specialize in one. Um, and so this, this book, you know, um, addresses, you know, that from more of the emotional and, and um, mental health kind of aspect. And, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know how I would even take somebody with a bunch of years 
through the steps, who's already been through the steps and who doesn't really struggle with alcohol, like I, I, they just don't, it just doesn't seem to fit, you know? Um, yeah. So I, so I love that we have, we're living in a world where we have all these alternatives and we can continue looking at ourselves and, and growing and changing. And, and I'm so happy I stumbled upon, you know, beyond belief podcast and, uh, yeah, and it's actually been kind of cool during this pandemic, although I like, I'm hearing you guys, so I just, I had a really tough week. Uh, but, um, but I've been going to some secular meetings online, like in all over the place and it's been pretty cool. So yeah, I've, um, a lot of people have so been yeah. doing that. In fact, we had, um, a, two people from out of the state come to our meeting and our KC meeting. One was from North Carolina, the other was from South Carolina. And the woman from South Carolina said that she actually went to the meeting, the Boise online meeting, and she said it was huge. Um, so that mean, our, our meetings, our online meetings have been pretty small, but she said the Boise meeting was really good. You have to yeah. check that one out. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard I mean, it's pretty good. I don't. I don't even know what state I was in. I, I, I yeah. came in a few minutes late. I was like, I don't even know where I am, but this is so cool. And people were from all over. It was pretty amazing. So, and I got, I got the link off the, uh, off your Facebook page, Sean, the, the, the AA Beyond Belief Facebook page. So, so yeah, it's been really helpful. Well, Jackie, yeah. I have to tell you. Hi guys. Well, thanks. I, you know, Jackie and I recorded a podcast like three or four weeks ago, I think, maybe even longer. Gosh, it's, it's hard to believe. But anyway, it's about the power of the pause. And it was a wonderful podcast. And I saved, okay, I, I've got the recording saved, Jackie, and your audio is perfect. My audio is crappy. The perfect audio that I had was saved on a um, portable hard drive, which I can't access. So I have to redo that podcast in a way. Yeah, what I'm going to do, your audio is perfect. So I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to re-record <laughs> my my part, you know, it's good. So I might, I don't know how it's going to be. I'm going to do it like a, like sort of like an MP. It might be like an NPR type of a storyboard. Kind oh of my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm definitely no, listening to that. Again. We could do it again. I thought about that. I've never had to ask anyone if they'd do I'd be it again. To do that. Okay. We might do that. Might, yeah. I really, yeah. Let me okay. know. All right. Okay. That's hilarious. Uh, God knows what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh. There you go. <laughs> oh boy! Right. Oh, that's great. Oh. Yeah, I, got I found I found that I'm more religious in the in the last you know, um, well, since 2016. I say Jesus Christ, and <laughs> you know, um, what the fuck, you know, all the all the languages, you know, um, that that sound religious, but are swear words, you know, in the last few years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've become much more religious, oh is what I claim. Yeah. Last night I was trying, I was sitting here with my, my husband and I was trying to get onto some website and I couldn't remember my password. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I changed this password so many times. And I'm like, hey, that's an excellent password. Jesus Christ. So yeah, it comes, it comes in handy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh, it's so good to talk to you, Angela. I mean, I've talked to John before and I really like him, but I, I, I think I mentioned on when John and I were talking how much you have helped me. Uh, I love the way you talk about working the steps and when you hear people, I mean, I hope I'm paraphrasing. Okay. When you hear people uh, talk about like asking God for help, you always listen to the action after that, because it's the action after that that's so important. And that, I have, that has helped me so much and it's helped me to help others who are, you know, struggling with the, with the God language and the God concepts in recovery. So I just, it's great to have the opportunity. Thank you for that. So, 
thank nice you. you I appreciate yeah. that. I'll get back with you, Jackie. We will reschedule. We'll do a do over on that. Okay. One. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Take All care, guys. Have a care. good weekend. Bye bye. You, you well. too. Bye. And the, we have another call. I'm going to go ahead and take it. Okay. This is exciting. Hello. Oh, hi. How are um, you? Hi. Uh, I'm I'm calling from Austin, Texas. My name is Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Uh, I I expect it to be like a long line. Um, so I I noticed the topic was sponsorship and secular A meaning. Um, and uh, I I just created about a month and a half ago a secular A meeting at my young people's sober living uh, down, down in Austin. And uh, I, we just like the previous caller talked about, we've been having trouble like figuring out uh, what, what it means to like approve or disapprove of sponsorship as a rule in a secular A meeting, or if we should even take a position on that. Uh, and I think, as a young people's meeting, especially, it's odd because I don't meet a lot of secular AA young people. Uh, I was wondering, like, if you if you have, because I've listened to a lot of Beyond Belief and, like, I haven't really heard it. It's sort of a niche topic. Um, yeah, so I was just wondering what y'all thought about that. It's great to be on. Big fan. Well, thank you. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling. That was really nice. Nice to hear from you. Yeah. Um, I can speak to that, um, that our meeting has, uh, you know, uh, quite a few young people in it. Um, people who, and I would probably classify that as, you know, under 35, um, quite a few people in, in their 20s. Um, that are coming in, um, they come in because they Google uh, secular or atheist or, you know, something along that lines, um, AA, and, and they find us that way. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, some of them do, you know, sponsorship. Some of them take advantage of that. Some of them are doing things outside and going through different kinds of um rehab you know part-time rehab things like that um and so it's kind of a mixture and and our group doesn't take a stand on that you need to have a sponsor and you need to do this you know we get together and, and talk about um staying sober and the different stuff that we do and, and we bring in all all sorts of stuff on that so there's some people that are you know secular buddhists and there are people that are straight up atheists and um and everything in between um so yeah, I don't know if, if your group, you know, needs to, you know, make some sort of group conscience on it or not. Ours never has, and it seemed to work out okay. We've been going for 12 years now, and so, um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on both, you know, the the young people in AA and, um, and the sponsorship. The other thing I would add is that I think, too, there are a lot, well, not a lot, but there are more um, opportunities um, for sobriety now, um, different programs, you know, smart recovery um, and uh, more outpatient um, places. And so I think that that's, that that's some of why we don't, a lot of meetings don't have as many young people in them um, because more young people are, you know, secular according to Pew Research. And so they're, they don't even give AA a shot if they can avoid it. Um, so those are my thoughts. <laughs> I lived there for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. How about you, you John? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, I don't know. I was kind of spacing out a little bit. <laughs> I was watching. <laughs> I was actually watching some of the people in the in the chat on the on YouTube. I had to throw one guy kind of out. He's. He, I'm sorry, yeah. and he's going to give me a hard time about it. But he was. He's. He's really a troll. I'm sorry. Uh, that yeah. guy. His. I, his name is Secular AA Coffee Shop, but. Anyway, he's not really secular a coffee shop. Anyway, I had to throw him out, and that's why I was kind of diverted. But no, I, you know, I heard a little bit. Um, eh, I I just don't think that um, you know, sponsorship is in in working the steps and all that kind of stuff is really an individual uh, practice. I think a lot of new people that come into the program. Um, they want some structure and a certain amount of structure is good. I think I needed that. Um, and it was very helpful. And then as I kind of progressed, I may maybe needed a little bit less structure and, you know, all people are, are a little bit different. So, um, what I've noticed at my home group are, you know, the people that are working with sponsors and, and going through the steps, um, it's kind of like a more personal thing. It's just between them and the person they're working with. And it's not, it's really not a big deal. So. Yeah. I uh, oh my my girlfriend has a question. If no, it's okay. Know. I just want to say I'm I'm a fan too. I'm listening, and my boyfriend kind of converted me to um, the more secular path, and I'm I'm listening, and I agree with everything you're saying. But I think because we're both you know like early twenties and we're in recovery. Um, it feels like whenever I tell people that I don't want to have a sponsor, I, I keep hearing people say that's your disease talking, Ew. um, and stuff like that. I know. And so it's, it's hard. Um, I, I really enjoy listening and I've been voraciously listening to your podcast since we've been quarantined. And, um, I, I guess, um, I, I, well, I, I really thought that it was my disease talking until I listened to your podcast. And so I, I wasn't incredulous um, until, I, I mean, I thought it was my boyfriend's disease talking until I oh, listened no. to your podcast. <laughs> 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 um, like, what is the secular perspective on, on this disease having a voice like that people are giving me, older people who I guess have an AA background i'm sorry to i don't mean to that's fine you know i don't i i can't say that there's an overall secular view on anything um but i think for my my personal view and i think i think uh most people would agree on this the the whole your that's your disease talking to you personally i kind of i don't think it's intentional on the other person's part but it's kind of like a controlling behavior it's kind of like almost a shaming behavior that how dare you think for yourself how dare you do something different i think there would be a kinder gentler way to to help someone with that you know just be the person's friend for christ's sakes you know i think that would be nice a nicer way of of, of doing that you know if you think the person needs a sponsor so bad just be the person's friend you know, right. <laughs> and that, it, it kind of goes along the lines of the the people who say that your disease is in the background doing pushups and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't I don't care for that because that makes it. Yeah, I, it makes it feel like, you know, I'm in a battle with, you know, part of me. And what my journey has shown me is that that, you know, I need to get in better touch with my true self, you know, the one that within me that's, you know, that that's wise, that has answers and stuff. You know, I need to learn more about, you know, um, 
addiction or, you know, chemical dependence or whatever you want to call it. Um, but um, in, yeah, in my experience, that, that kind of a me against my disease type of a thing, you know, doesn't work out, you know. Um, for me, alcohol was a way that I was trying to cope with life. It was a tool. It was, you know, something that my brain, you know, latched onto as, hey, this, w- this will help, you know, <laughs> this will help calm your fears. This will make you social. This will, you know, whatever. So it was a, a helping thing that my mind was trying to do with alcohol. Um, it just didn't work out very well. And so, yeah, so by understanding that a little bit more, um, it really released any sort of battle within me. And so then I didn't have to like have this, you know, like always be on alert, you know, because I could pick up a drink at any moment, you know, it, it was more of a, okay, that's, that's something that part of my mind may always, you know, point out uh, that, oh, you know, you could have a drink. Um, but as I developed my sense of self better, you know, I have other parts of me that, that remind me that, yeah, that's probably not that helpful. You know, maybe you should go for a walk, you know, maybe you should call somebody on the phone, maybe you should look at this and that. And so it's, it's less of that battle thing and it's more of an awareness that that's back there. It's, you know, it's one of my options. It always will be, um, but it's not the option, the healthiest option. And now I have a lot of healthier ones that I can choose from. You guys sound like you're a lot, a lot better place than I was. I was in my 20s also when I was first getting sober, and people would say stuff like that to me, and it would cause me to doubt myself. It really did. And I, I, I'm not proud of this, but this is the way I behaved. I doubted myself, and I just said, well, they must be right, you know, and that's not really healthy. So I'm glad that you're not thinking like that because um, that – what they're doing is, is not healthy. <laughs> you know, I don't think that they mean it intentionally I think they, they think, I think they think they are helping, but. Yeah. And sometimes it's just the parroting stuff. Yeah. They just parrot what other people have said to them. And yeah. And same, same with like the principles. If you ask somebody who may be in AA for, you know, 10 or 15 years, you know, what are the principles of, you know, step four, they may not know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, they may tell you how you're supposed to do step four, but they don't know the principles behind them. And so I think in a lot of this, um, this talk of, you know, that's your disease talking or the disease doing push-ups, things like that, it's, it's just parroting that um, people have heard. And most of the time, they don't mean it negatively. So I, I think it's, you know, one of the things on, on the coins that, that um, I don't know if you do there, but that we do here, it says to thine own self be true. And so oftentimes I've taken that and I did that in early sobriety as, you know, being really like my mantra. So, you know, when people said stuff like that to me, I was like, no, you can still question. You can question everything. I mean, they can't kick you out of AA. You can be kicked out of a meeting, <laughs> but they can't technically <laughs> kick you out of AA. And so, yeah, I so I was I was a pain in the ass for quite a few people for you know first few years, but um, but yeah, I, I'd say you know keep questioning and and asking questions and take the stuff that's useful for you and and um, and look up other stuff you know if, if you're not sure you know what somebody's saying if it's helpful or not. Yeah, thank you. I I it, it makes me think like John said, just be their friend. It's like. It's so true. I feel like I've I've had longer standing quote unquote friendships with people who have just been wanting to sponsor me and then the friendship falls apart when they are like, Well, I'm your sponsor and we can't be friends and so that's kind of a bummer. Um but thank you so much for hearing us and uh talking to us. 
Well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was, it was great to call in. All yeah, right. Awesome. Keep thank you for listening. Good work. Thanks. Right. And definitely keep in touch and let us know how your group is, is doing. I don't know of uh, that many uh, young people groups that are secular. And so I'd love to hear, you know, how you guys are doing and if there's anything that, uh, that some of us can do to help you guys out. So. Yeah, that's 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 pretty nice. It's, it's fun having all these callers. Um, it's really yeah. made, it's made the, it's made this podcast go a lot quicker and a lot easier. I, I really appreciate that. Um, so so nice to see so many people sticking in there and watching the the live stream. So yeah. Angela, did I touch very? I mean, I I started talking a little bit about the mental health side of things and my experience with it, where I was kind of discouraged from seeking help and kind of delayed it. Um, what what was what's been your experience with with the, with that and and how do you deal with it now yeah um you know i don't feel like i was particularly discouraged by anyone um there were some meetings that i attended where people would share you know their experience of that they were you know basically schizophrenic and on the edge when they came in um and all this crazy stuff that they do and then they came in and got god and did the steps and you know or i guess the other other way around (laughs) did the steps got god and uh and now they they're perfectly you know uh, normal human beings and you know i always question when anybody claims to be perfectly normal um but um and so there was some of that and um before i had uh, come into aa um in my younger years and in my 20s um i you know suffered from depression and, and anxiety and stuff mainly depression um and was a compulsive overeater and and that um and then i i thought that you know um that i was fine <laughs> you know after i had gastric bypass surgery that i didn't need you know anything anymore any sort of medications and then i did you know got into alcohol to uh cope and to numb um and then after i let go of the alcohol uh, you know i still didn't go see um a counselor or anything for yeah probably my first year and then it was like after my first year when you know things were still not going well and and felt like they were getting worse um that i started going to counseling again and and um and seeking out help for my my depression and um and yeah and that's you know what i do off and on now as well as as um you know seek out different counseling things um different um types and modalities you know there's a lot of different kinds of counseling right now um that you can get you know um i think the steps are are mostly cognitive behavioral therapy you know just in a different package um and so that's why they can be so helpful to so many different people um but i like the internal family systems therapy which is um um what is it <laughs> um self uh, self leadership um and then there's you know um it, you know the emotional um family therapy there's there's a lot of stuff out there right now um that we can take advantage of um and uh and i think that that's that's helpful and and that's good and that we should be encouraging it and i continue to seek out new ways i'm really into studying trauma now and you know my mom teases me because i have all of these books you know and it it looks like i should be you know a a trauma therapist but it's my hobby (laughs) and she's like great you know i raised a daughter whose hobby is trauma um but yeah i like 
like to learn about, you know, all of these different things. And, um, and I love it when I hear people in the rooms that are, you know, checking out different things as well, because, you know, for the majority of us, alcohol isn't our only problem. And, um, and I don't think that we should be relying on sponsors as our only um, source of, um, of perspective, of guidance and stuff. You know, I really do think it's more of a friendship thing. And, and that's how most of my uh, relationships with people that I've sponsored have gone is that, you know, we've become friends. And so now it's just kind of a, a, a peer um, friendship sponsorship thing. You know, I can call them about things. They call me about things. And, you know, there's not that, you know, hierarchy or anything. We have another caller. Let's take it. Hey, sounds good. Hello. Hey, good day, John. Doug hello. P from Canada. Who's this from Canada? And hello. Hello. Yeah. I, I didn't catch your first name. Which... Oh, Doug. Doug. Oh, I'll be dang. We, I, I, yeah, thought, I, thought yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that you shipped out somewhere. Yes. Yes. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm in the middle of isolation first for doing this. So, yeah, that's going to happen soon. Okay. So, All anyway, right. yeah. So, I'm... Um, Love the show. Love the was your um, idea. Lots of opinions. <laughs> yeah, I guess. thank you. I, I missed part of it, and I I quickly went off on one online meeting, and I jumped in here, and I missed a little bit of it. But uh, yeah, it was uh, great hearing the discussion. Um, from myself, I it was an evolving process. Like I had a traditional sponsor. And I went through the steps with him and, you know, and then after a number of years, you know, um, I became that traditional sponsor. And then once I got into secular AA, I, it was a slowly, as you and I talked, it was like a little deprogramming. And, and eventually I was deprogramming myself out of that traditional sponsor role. Right. And cause I didn't believe a lot of the stuff that, uh, you know, that I was taught and what I was doing. Uh, you know, for a number of years. And so now there's a lot of new um, possibilities. And a lot of it's just letting go of a lot of learned stuff and and just becoming friends uh, with the other person and listening to the other person, you know, rather than uh, having a mandated program or walking through something, uh, you know. So, yeah, and, and Angela, I'm sorry, I, I didn't introduce myself to Angela. I heard many of your podcasts love... Um, the steps that uh, you were doing with uh, John and uh, really enjoy having you on the show. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, Bobby, when not Bobby, but Doug, Doug, when you, um, when you emailed me, I, you know, you made me think a little bit. I, I don't know how I come across when I talk about sponsorship. I'm not really, I'm not anti-sponsorship. I, I, I just um, like, you know, I, I think it's good. Cause what I see happening in my home group, if that's what sponsorship is everywhere, I think it's great. You know, go for it. Um, but I think it, I think we do need to be careful with it because there is that, that dynamic of power, you know, that one person has more power over the other and you have to be really respectful about that and careful about that. And I, I think it can be abused and has been abused, but I don't think that that's the, I don't think that that's the majority experience, but I think that it can happen. It's just something to be careful about. I've, so that's, that's my only feeling about it, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think that we talk about it more 
in secular AA than they do in traditional AA. I, I don't know that I've heard very much in more of the traditional rooms of, you know, being careful about selecting sponsorship, you know, what, what is and isn't okay and, and things like that. It's, it's just not talked about as much. Um, but in secular AA, you know, because we're open to talk about just about everything, then, you know, there's, I think, more awareness about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we, um, well, we, we've got a diverse crowd in, in the meeting um, and that I'm at, and uh, we have uh, people from traditional A visiting us, uh, and we also have people in secular A that don't go to traditional, and so it's a lot of, a lot of mixture of people and diverse ideas on the topic. Um, but I shared with John, um, you know, like myself, uh, it, it was an evolving process for me, and uh, I I changed a lot of how I done things uh, with uh, Sponti. Uh, you know, so I'm, I I I asked John in an email. You know, like is does it exist? And if so, let's have a discussion. Now, what does it exist? Or and, and basically, uh, it means a lot of different things, a lot of different people. But I, I think the main thing that I got out of this is that we're, we're on structuring it, right? And we're becoming more one-on-one rather than the sponsor, sponsee, uh, you know, level, um, as you were describing earlier, John. Yeah, I think there's a lot less rigidity, or at least that's what we're trying to move to. But, but you know, it is true that some of us who, you know, went uh, to more traditional meetings or got sober in a traditional uh, way, that some of the, the language and stuff that we still use, we don't always recognize that it's still coming from that. And, and so that's one of the things I've been working on is trying to recognize what language I'm using and is it, you know, appropriate for, you know, secular AA um, one of the good things is that when I'm at a traditional meeting, I can you know, translate, you know, for them so that they're hearing s- some of their same stuff, but in a secular way. Um, but I don't necessarily want to take some of that language into my secular um, meetings and stuff because, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily helpful to me. It's just, you know, that's what I heard and it sticks in my brain. Just like, you know, some of the swear words and stuff that <laughs> that that sounds spiritual in nature. It's just, you know, what yeah. comes up into my brain for so many years. Anyway. Yeah. No, absolutely. No. Um, thanks for putting that on. It was a wonderful discussion. Good to see lots of people watching and, and talking about it. So Yeah, well you, uh, thank you for again, calling, guys. Doug, and you take care and be safe. Okay. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for the topic, we'll, Doug. We'll. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Goodbye. So, Angela, Tracy R. from South Carolina, she's the one that was at our meeting in Kansas City. She's in our chat room listening to the podcast, and she is the one that went to the Boise online meeting and really yes, liked it. Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember. You? Well, tell me yeah. about your online meetings. How are they, how are they going? What, what, um, they're going well. So um, the Tuesday meeting is is the one that uh, that tends to get you know more people. Um, and so I'm guessing that um, that it was uh, not last Tuesday, but the Tuesday before, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, they're they're doing really well. Um, we we started doing them on Thursday as well, um, which you know hasn't been anything we've ever done in the the regular meeting. Um, but uh, several people in our home group asked if we could you know do 
another one um, during the week because of, you know, the situation that we're in and, and needing more um, secular support. And, uh, and so we did that. And so we're doing them Tuesdays and Thursdays now. And um, our Thursday meeting um, sometimes tends to be <laughs> both uh, almost half and half of Boise people and, um, and Cleveland people because oh, really? one of our, one of our members um, is an actor and he works in his home bases in Boise. Um, and then during the winter months, he, he works in Cleveland. And so he, yeah. And so he has a sponsor there and, and goes to meetings there. And so they have, you know, secular meetings there as well and so he invited them to our online and so yeah it's kind of interesting we're all you know we've decided that we're going to keep Thursdays as well we haven't decided for sure we have to do a group conscience but (laughs) most of us feel that it would be good to keep um, the Thursday meeting an online meeting after we're able to you know move about and do face-to-face meetings again we'll do our Tuesday face-to-face and Thursday online just because we're creating a community of people um, another person who lives in Idaho but further away from us um, and doesn't have any secular meetings she was super excited to find we were online and so yeah so now she wants to to be a part of that Thursday group that continues on as well so well, our so online it's going meetings well. have been kind of small. Um, I think at the most we had, we may have had a, up to 15 people maybe at one meeting. I don't know, but most of them have been pretty small. We've even had as few as maybe just three people um, at a meeting. So they've, they've not taken off like that well. When we very first, when we first started, my group was kind of reluctant to stop meeting in person. Okay, so we shut down our Friday meeting, but they still wanted to have all the other meetings. So we figured as long as the church lets you meet, okay, let's go ahead and do it. But finally, um, we got to the so we got to the point where we set up these online meetings, but we were still having the in-person meetings. And the first time that we had um, an online meeting, what we did is we mixed it with the real with the live meeting. And it was kind of fun, actually, because what they did and the the people in the room, they would pass around the. the this iPad or whatever, so I, you felt like you were seeing everybody. Okay, Chloe wants the link to your meetings, Angela. So you need to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give it to um, her. Can I do it like after? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We close so out, after uh, we close uh, down we the close podcast, it. Chloe, Angela will put the link to her meetings in the um, chat here in or the comment section of this um, um, of the. Yeah, uh, I don't have it memorized, yeah. and so <laughs> yeah. I will go cut and paste it. <laughs> so, but do you, are your meetings listed where people find them? Um, how, how are people um, finding our meetings? You? Yeah, our meetings listed with the the area website and with um, and with our um, our local uh, central office slash inner group. Um, and so I, I haven't posted them um, to uh, the larger um, groups or anything yet because. Um, yeah, because I needed to learn how to do them well and, and try to keep them safe and things like that. Um, so, yeah, so they haven't been widely distributed um, mm-hmm. around yet. Um, well, it's interesting, yeah, this whole thing about Zoom bombing now that it's it's like it's like yeah. uh, Josie calls it like the, the modern day crank call, you know, which is basically. Right, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, in the beginning, when I I set mine up, I I was, you know, 
very strict uh-huh, on, uh-huh. on everything, you know, no, if, if you're setting up, you know, meetings right now, anyone out there, um, yeah, make sure you go into the settings before you ever start, you know, the meeting and make sure that you've, you've turned off file sharing um, and screen sharing and, um, you know, all of that stuff. Um, it's good to set up a waiting room um, if you can um, and to get uh, co-hosts so that one person can be handling, you know, the waiting room and, and you know, vetting people and stuff while, you know, the other person leads the meeting or something. Um, but yeah, I set up a, a lot of really strict stuff on ours. So we haven't had a, a problem with that. I, and uh, yeah, hopefully we don't. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we'll see what happens with it. But uh, I, I think people are learning and, and they're setting up, you know, more things and more trainings and stuff. So, so we'll see how things go. Well, can you believe we've gone over an hour now? It's almost, I guess, about time to shut down. I will read one more comment, though, that came from Carolyn. It's very nice. She says, thank you for having us on the phone. I think I started realizing I should notice, I should notice the questioning voice in my head when I noticed I had been staying sober despite not being connected with a higher power. Yes. Or listen, listen to the questioning voice. Yes. Should listen to the questioning voice. That's a good point. Yeah definitely so hey everybody thank you so much so it's so cool to have all these callers and people um on the in the chat room on youtube it was even fun having the troll guy it was just (laughs) just a really nice experience yeah so thank you so much you know we're you know i hear people say and it's really true we're all in this together you know that virus thing doesn't know any boundaries no matter what someone might think we're all in yeah. this together, uh, AA people and non-AA people alike. But especially as AA people, it's been an interesting time for us because, you know, social connection is what has it's helped amazing. us stay sober. And now we're finding new ways and uh, different ways of connecting, which is really interesting. So, yeah. And if you have a question or a topic that you would like us to talk about, feel free to email and let us know. Um, I wasn't too sure about the sponsorship one today when, when yeah. John first mentioned it to me. I'm like, didn't we kind of already I talk know. about this I like know. for 12 hours? <laughs> I know. I <laughs> and know. then I, I thought about it. I'm like, well, actually, you know, probably would be really good to talk about it a little bit more with, you know, so many new people finding secular AA and, um, and uh, you know, prioritizing the mental health part, um, reminding people that we're, we're not professionals, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so it's important to seek outside help to help you with those things as well. All right, here we go. Is this right? Yeah. Oh, that's, I didn't do the right one. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Oh, it's really confusing. There are so many buttons on this complicated machine. (laughs) And I didn't go to school to learn how to do this. I just had to teach myself. So, thank you, Angela. And thank you, Jackie. And thank you, oh, Doug. And and gosh, who else called in? Everybody who called in. And thank you for everybody who listened. Thank you, uh, Mr. Troll, for your comments. It was a lot of fun. We'll be back again next Friday as we continue... um, Oh, these live streams. Yeah, sober distancing. (laughs) All right, y'all take care. Be well. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.